This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to the Capness HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Capness. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Receive a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com. That's Cavernous HR. Our guest today is Melissa Williams. Melissa, are you ready to be great today? Uh, absolutely. Melissa is a founder and chief consultant at Carolina Consulting LLC, author of Essential Life Skills, founder and president of nonprofit organizations, Hand and Feet 24-7, and every veteran, wife, passionate follower of Christ, of Christ a mom of three awesome children. She served in the Navy from 2003 to 2007, after which she completed her undergrad at Old Dominion University, majoring in philosophy. Since then, she has studied at Notre Dame, Villanova, and Oxford Universities, as she is a hopeless serial student. She has risen from foster care in one of the poorest counties in rural South Carolina to being an established community leader, author, and entrepreneur, who is dedicated to improving the quality of life for our most forgotten communities and citizens. Melissa, thank you for being here today. What's keeping you busy right now? Oh, man, lots of teamwork, lots of teamwork stuff going on. So I wanted to talk about this concept that's kind of come up um, lately in some of the teams I've been on, and it's come up throughout my career at multiple points. So it's the concept of the no-brainer being the answer, as in sometimes the simplest answer is actually the right answer. So we're going to pretend that we're in a conference room. We've been pulled into a conference room. We've all been there. You're on a team. So hypothetically, we have eight people on our team. So the eight people are in the conference room discussing this problem. So two of the people are going to try to think of a solution that betters themselves, that somehow puts themselves in the center to you know, move their career forward. It's pretty ego-centered. So they are thinking of trying to think of a solution, but they're not going to think of a good one because it's going to be benefiting them and not actually benefiting the organization. So the other two are uh, sort of total denial that a problem even exists. They're like, no, everything's fine. We're, we're good. You know, they either are super passive aggressive and want to avoid conflict or they're lazy and they don't want to do the work to fix the problem. So there's half the room right there. Then you have another two that are the negative Nellies. They're going to be place of blame, trying to find who to pin it on. They're not really worried about the solution. They're trying to find, you know, who they can blame for this situation. So they're over there churning away, you know, starting the gossip trails and posting their vague Facebook posts about what's going on. And then you got one that's uh, genuinely trying to find a solution and they just can't see it. They have good intentions, but they just don't see the bigger picture. So out of your eight, then you have one that sees where the kink in the chain is and they know what the problem is. And for a long time, that was me. I have a very analytical mind. And so I could see, hey, this is precisely where the bug is. But I was saying anything. I kind of thought, this is so obvious. If they don't get this, you know, I'm not going to speak up and sound stupid if that's not really what's going on. 
And time and time again, we would get to a point where we'd pull in a consultant who would say what I had already thought of. And we wasted all this money and all this time. So this is an issue that I really, I really think probably 90% of who I'm talking to is women in the workforce who don't speak up. And so the big thing I want to encourage everyone, if you see that solution, to be bold and step forward and say it. I mean, even if it's wrong, at least you're moving the wheels forward to, to come up with a solution. I don't know if guys have this problem so much. From my experience with uh, working with men, men will say whatever comes to their mind right out their mouth. It's amazing the stuff that they'll say. And a lot of times women who have great ideas and great input will be very, very hesitant to put that out there. So when I took the ASAB, I was 20 years old and scored highest in mechanical engineering, which I thought a total fluke, thought they got, you know, my scores mixed up with somebody else. And in the years since then, I've discovered that I am a very analytical person. If I'm looking at that diagram with all the wheels and the little cogs, I can see exactly where it's going wrong. So never hesitate to think that the simplest answer, the sort of no-brainer thing that pops in your head can actually be the solution because 90% of the time it is. You would have a good point. So I released my 50th episode of this podcast today and with and all, pretty much all the females I've talked to pretty much said the same thing as you do. They pretty much, you know, they want other females to speak up and be loud and be heard and not, don't do that, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, it can be intimidating. And a lot of times uh, it's been pretty hilarious some of the mansplaining I've had in my career with men that will literally sit on the edge of my desk and explain my job to me. So it's, it's difficult sometimes, but we have to be bold if we know that we're qualified and we know the solution. Just step right out there and politely go ahead and give it to them. <laughs> Melissa, you do a lot of work with nonprofits. From your point of view, what is the difference between running a nonprofit and a business, or is there a difference? Is it the same Nothing. thing? The only difference, I heard this two weeks ago, and I wish I could give credit because it just came and went out of my head. But someone said the only difference in a nonprofit and a for-profit is the tax designation. And that is so true. If you don't run your nonprofit like a successful business, it will most likely fail. So for nonprofit, how, how do people go about bringing on like, great talent to go for to a nonprofit? Well, it's, it's, I'm glad that society is kind of getting to a point where it's okay to fund overhead. For a long, long time, you know, they wanted that real thin margin that you'd always hear on ads, 98 cents out of every dollar goes to the mission. Well, that's not exactly a healthy organization. It's okay to give to overhead and it's okay to pay your staff accordingly. So the best way to get quality staff and to bring on great talent is to actually pay them. I mean, it may not be exactly what they're making in the for-profit sector, but there does have to be a little bit of competitive edge there. Melissa, um, you're a great connector of people. How do you go about doing this? What makes you so great at being, at being a people connector? Listening. I, lo I love to listen and observe and just and always look. You know, my husband and I have been watching that Seinfeld uh, co comedians and cars getting coffee. Love it. And he says about himself, I just... I'm an observer. I just see everything. And so I've tried to be more aware when I'm in a networking meeting or even just casually out meeting someone, 
the other day I went to meet my husband's new boss in his office and I noticed some things he had written on his chalkboard and I said, Hey, let's talk about that. You got your goals up there on your chalkboard. And so just noticing things like that can help you connect the dots between people, you know, who could be helpful in that way. Melissa, back on April 30th, you put a, you published an article on LinkedIn called, um, true collaboration, a pipe dream, six points of reflection. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh man. I think a big issue in the nonprofit community is ego going back to people getting paid. If you don't get paid a lot, a lot of times sort of that salary you get that unpaid salary is the social cred of working in the nonprofit community. You get your face out there. You're known as sort of a do-gooder. And so when so much rides on that, there's a lot of ego involved. And so when you have multiple organizations working together, a lot of times those egos can clash. If there's a massive problem that needs to be solved, say homelessness, obviously one organization can't solve homelessness in a particular town. It takes a lot of organizations working together. And so the people in leadership at those organizations have to be truly humble people and have their ego in check to be able to say, you know what, your organization's going to ride with this. Maybe the grant funding would be better used at your organization. And everybody sort of take a step back and check in the egos quite a bit. Because I've found that when organizations that are truly committed to solving whatever issue they're tackling and they kind of put their egos on the back burner, that's when the best collaboration happens. Melissa, for your company, Caroline Consulting, how are you doing the marketing for that? Is it just word of mouth or do you have an actual marketing plan? Right now, it's actually been word of mouth. I started with a marketing plan when I started up and I found that word of mouth kept me so busy. I kind of shut down every other avenue of marketing because then I was just getting inundated with leads I couldn't follow up on. Now, is there a certain nonprofit you like to work with the best or is it all comers that you deal with? Oh, I deal with anything. I'm, I'm really passionate about United Housing Connections here in Greenville. I sat on their board for a little over a year and uh, I love the work they're doing. And going back to what I was saying, truly humble people in leadership there that are working hand in hand with dozens of organizations to really alleviate the problem of homelessness. Melissa, so what drew you to the nonprofit world versus something else? I like being poor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I actually worked for a couple years at DOD after I got out of the Navy and the bureaucracy and the red tape absolutely drove me wild. I just could not stand it. And so I was out, you know, sort of venting to a friend of mine and I think he was kind of tired of just hearing me vent and sort of off the cuff he said, you know, I think you need to volunteer as in you need to get out of your bubble and realize there's bigger problems out there. So I did go start volunteering with the Southeastern Food Bank in Virginia Beach and shortly after started working with Angel Flight Mid-Atlantic. So with Southeastern Food Bank and Angel Flight Mid-Atlantic and I just fell in love with the people and the culture and just got hooked and I've been doing it ever since. Melissa, can you talk about a time you were successful in the past, what you learned from this and what we can learn? I um, I thought about some of the obvious ones, like starting my own business and actually having a client and being able to pay a bill. That was like so exciting to pay a power bill with money that I had. That was really cool. But I, when I really thought about it, I thought about um, when I was a junior in high school, I 
I was a total procrastinator. So my one of my English teachers assigned an essay. We had like two weeks to do it. I you know did it the night before and turn it in. And she didn't tell us, but she was submitting these essays to a scholarship contest. So I won, <laughs> and it was really incredible. It was a scholarship from the Charlotte Hornets back when they were the Hornets the first time. And so I get a phone call that I won this essay, and everybody that read it, it was an essay about my grandfather, and everybody that read it just would say it brought tears to my eyes. And, and, so, and it was something I'd literally written the night before. And so through the years, I've kind of, I don't consider myself a great author, but I do mess around with some writing. But it taught me then that I have a voice and it somehow touches people. And so that's a pretty big responsibility. So if you have a writing ability or a speaking ability and people listen to you, then that's kind of a responsibility. And then Facebook came along and I completely forgot that and went around ran my mouth over Facebook. So that's a lesson that I am still learning that if you if you're able to write well or speak well, people listen to that. So, you know, use it wisely. Can you talk about a time that you failed in the past, what you learned from this failure and what we can learn? The reason I went and started my own business is because I was fired for the first time, first, last, only time I was fired. And man, it was devastating. I am somebody that has always you know, I was raised in the South. Everybody has a strong work ethic. It's all about working and your career. And, you know, so that was like the ultimate failure was to be fired. And when I, when I really was honest about it and looked back on the entire interview process, there were major red flags the whole way. You know, there were processes during the interview that were handled really poorly. I had interviews canceled at the last minute, rescheduled. So the way they treated me during the interview process was the was the best that they treated me after I started the job. So that was something that I really learned a lot that I should have listened to the red flags. And, you know, I feel okay now knowing that I wasn't let go due to any of my job performance issues. I was let go because it was completing compatibility with myself and this organization. And that was super evident during the interview process if I had really listened to my gut and been really honest about it. I did move for the job, so it was a great vehicle for getting me to this region and an area that I love. So, you know, I'm not mad at it, but it was a a real wake-up call that the way people treat you when they first meet you during proposal meetings, during interviews, that's the very best they're ever going to treat you. So if they're already canceling interviews and brushing you off, just go ahead and take a check. <laughs> that, that's very true. Great advice. Can you talk about someone who has helped you in the past and how they helped you? Again, I, this is kind of a difficult one because I a lot of people have helped me through the years. But probably the most helpful person was not like they gave me something or it was a handout or anything like that. About seven years ago, I got divorced. And when I got divorced, I couldn't really afford to live in the area where I was living so I had to move. So I moved two states away, moved back to South Carolina where I'm from, and I moved for a job. And when I got there, the job fell through. It was a grant-funded position, and the grant didn't get renewed. So here I, I was, a newly single mom in a new community, and like broke. So I took a job as 
Starbucks just to make ends meet. And after a few months, I applied for a job at a local nonprofit. I'd been scanning every single day and finally a job came up in development, what I do. So I applied for it. So I got called the next day, called in for an interview and I didn't even have any professional clothes to wear. So I like went to Goodwill, got a suit at a thrift store and went into the interview like there's no way they're going to hire me at all. Like I currently work at Starbucks and it was a pretty good level position and I'm wearing a suit from Goodwill. So I went in and I met Lane Cook, who is the advancement vice president at the time. And that woman treated me with dignity from the day I started there. And of course, starting a new job as a single mom who has been broke, I had car troubles, I had various things come up over the next few months when I was really getting my feet under me. And she never mentioned it. She always treated me as a professional. She gave me professional development opportunities. She never discussed any issues that I had. It's not like she gave me a pass. You know, there was a period of time my out my car and I couldn't afford to buy a new car. So I was taking the bus to work and walking. So it was about a two hour commute one way. And so I was walking into work, walking home and she just never mentioned it, you know? So it wasn't that she was overly kind or anything like that. She was professional, but she treated me with dignity throughout that entire process. And she focused on my career and helping me move forward in my career. And she did it with absolute dignity and kindness. And we still keep in touch and she still will send out a recommendation for me if I ask her. She is an incredible person. And so just having that person that believes in you and sees the value of your work without, you know, looking at maybe the clothes you're wearing or something like that, that was incredibly valuable to my career. Listen, that's a great story, and I think even a greater testament to your, your ability to hustle back in the day to get things done and take care of yourself and your family. Ooh, it's always a hustle. Melissa, tell us something about yourself most people don't know about you. Of course, your close friends, close family know this, but most people don't know this about you. See, I, I thought about this, but I'm, like, really open with everything in my life. I was like, what do people not know? And so I was like, okay, I have to totally just drop it, and, and I have to just share my secret and that is that I do not have a green thumb I have a garden outside and if something dies I'll go plant I'll go buy another plant at Home Depot and plant another one so <laughs> so I'm totally faking my green thumb it's all it's all an act every plant I get I kill it so Melissa can you recommend a book for our listeners absolutely I have a book by Kyle Cease Kyle was a a comedian, the name of his book is I Hope I Screw This Up. And he was a traveling comedian. And then he kind of got serious and he wrote is kind of like a book on self help. It's very motivational and it's very funny, which I like. I have a big sense of humor. So that's a fantastic book for anybody kind of struggling in their career. I read it a couple years ago and it really helped light the fire to get things going again. Melissa, I understand you have something for our listeners as well. Yes, I, and this seems funny for considering my business and everything, but I wrote a book called Essential Life Skills, and I did that because my kids were turning into wild animals, and all the children I saw in public 
we're turning into wild animals. And so I went to a bookstore one day and I went in and I asked the little hipster working there, do you have manners for children? And he said, no. So we looked it up. And when I was growing up, it was Emily Post. My mom had an Emily Post book. And but there's there wasn't really anything out there. So I wrote, it's uh, Essential Life Skills. It's 25 Lessons on courtesy and etiquette and finances and being a good friend and being a good family member. So it's lessons that you can go through with your child. You can sit down over dinner and go over a lesson. It is spiritual based, so it does have some Bible verse references at the end of every lesson, but it's helped my kids and it's helped some of my friends' kids really. It's not so much of an an admonishment, like better, gotta do this. It helps them understand that having proper etiquette is a matter of respecting the person you're with. Yes, I agree so much with that. Melissa, can you share your social media links for yourself and your company so people can reach out to you? Absolutely. Everything, it should be exactly the same. So it should be facebook.com slash Carolina Consulting LLC. That's it. That's my main go-to. For our listeners, we have the links to our book recommendation and all the social media links in our show notes. And you can find our show notes at www.cavernoushrblog.com. Melissa, welcome to the end of our talk. Can you provide any last-minute words of advice or wisdom for our listeners on any subject you'd like to talk about? Just be bold. There's a lot of people out there that are that are living in fear and afraid to speak up and afraid to be confident in their own skills and their expertise. And I can especially say being a veteran and coming out of military, that gives you an enormous amount of expertise and skills that are even just the soft skills not related to your job so be bold in that and have confidence and go out and crush it thank you for the great advice melissa melissa thank you for being a guest today i really appreciate it thank you i've had a great time and to our listeners thank you for your time as well remember to be great every day Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.